Welcome to Obstetrics and Gynecology Emergencies. This is a podcast developed by the Obstetrics and Gynecology Group of University College Dublin. The following podcast is the second of six episodes reviewing primary postpartum hemorrhage, or PPH. We have chosen primary PPH as the first emergency for the podcast, as it's one of the most common causes of maternal morbidity and mortality worldwide. The podcast is primarily directed to UCD students, but students from other universities are very welcome to listen. So now I'm going to talk about causes. A commonly used memory aid for the causes of primary PPH is the four T's. This stands for tone, tissue, trauma and thrombus. The four T's are deliberately said in this order as they represent how commonly they cause the PPH. In other words, tone or more precisely lack of tone is the most common cause of a PPH and thrombus, again more precisely lack of thrombus, is the least likely. So let's go through this in a little bit more detail. So the most likely cause of a PPH is a lack of uterine tone. Hopefully you have had the privilege of working for even a short time in the labour ward, or you'll be doing so soon. No matter how long I work there, I'm always astonished by the sheer magic of a breath and hope that the atmosphere will change from intense concentration on a task to love, joy and hope. Among this positivity about welcoming a new member of the human race into the world, we can sometimes forget how quickly the body works to protect the mother. After delivery of the baby, the uterus should immediately contract so that the fundus or top of the uterus goes from underneath the ziphy sternum to the umbilicus. So why do you need this intense contraction? Well, the uterine blood flow at term is a mass of 500 mils of blood per minute. After delivery of the baby, if the uterus does not contract immediately, with the myometrium compressing the multiple blood vessels within the uterus, then the mother may begin to lose this blood externally. Contracting the uterine muscles compresses the blood vessels, gets the placenta to attach and deliver, and controls blood flow from the raw surface remaining where the placenta is attached. So if the uterus doesn't contract, then the mother can begin to bleed heavily because the vessels are not constricted. Many of the initial steps in management of a PPH concentrate on getting the uterus to contract and stay contracted. In other words, to maintain uterine tone. We'll talk about more of this in the podcast on initial and then later management. Sometimes the uterus is trying to contract and maintain tone, but something's stopping from doing it so. This begins the second T of tissue. Tissue may be the entire placenta or a cotyledon, a section of the placenta, or even sometimes a small piece of membrane. In order to contract down, the uterus needs to be nearly empty. So if the placenta is not delivering, then the uterus cannot contract. If a piece of tissue remains in the uterus, then it needs to be removed so that the placenta is delivered by controlled traction or manual removal, or a cotyledon or other piece of tissue after careful examination, often under anaesthetic. Sometimes the uterus is very well contracted, and yet the mother is still bleeding vaginally. The third T might be a cause here, that's trauma. Delivery of a baby may cause traumatic tears to the uterus, the cervix, the vagina or the vulva. Sometimes, in order to deliver a baby, the team may need to perform an episiotomy or a cut of vaginal mucosa and muscle. Any of these traumatic tears may bleed heavily and need to be controlled quickly, usually by suturing. It's much easier to identify an episiotomy bleed compared to high vaginal or cervical tear, and in turn, they're much easier to identify than a broad ligament hematoma or a tear from a caesarean delivery scar angle once the abdomen is closed. Whatever is the source, there needs to be a careful and systematic examination in order to be able to identify the cause quickly. Very occasionally, the uterus may actually be well contracted, with no obvious retained tissue or membranes and very minor areas of trauma, but these tears can be bleeding extensively. 
by the process of exclusion of more common causes, this leads us to consider the least common cause of PPH, thrombus. This can either be primary, such as an inherited bleeding disorder, for example, or secondary to another disease, such as preeclampsia with associated thrombocytopenia. In other cases, if a woman has bled extensively from atony, tissue or trauma, she may develop a coagulopathy, such as disseminated intravascular coagulopathy. That's why all members of the MDT of the multidisciplinary team need to work together to both resuscitate and treat a woman with a PPH in order to prevent a secondary coagulopathy. Many thanks for listening to the second podcast on primary PPH. In the next podcast, we'll review the various definitions that are used to identify a primary PPH.